by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Horn Lake, Memphis, wherever you're from, welcome to Mr. Pastor David Vincent. Amen. Am I on there? Yeah, uh, Pastor Guy, uh, great to be here. Uh, like I said, if you don't know me, well, we're still like cousins because this is my uh, uh, old spiritual home, so uh, it's great to be here. Uh, I was talk. Guy asked me to, to you know, speak and share this morning. I said, yeah, I want to uh, I, I talk about Joseph. I just get a lot out of the, the story of Joseph. And, uh, uh, you know, he can kind of really encourage us to not give up and, and to keep pushing forward. And, he, and I told him, yeah, I got a lot about Joseph. In fact, I want to do a conference on Joseph. It's about 17 hours of content. And uh, he said, well, can you press it into 45 minutes? I said, how about 12? And he said, 45, how about 45 minutes? I said, well, how about eight hours? He said, how about 45 minutes? I said, finally, I got him to pull my direction, and we said four and a half. So welcome to the Joseph Conference. We'll be here four and a half hours. It's going to be awesome. Just kidding, just kidding. Though I do want to share, uh, first I want to um, just introduce a few people. First, uh, my lovely wife Jessica, many of y'all know her, that's uh, Becky White and Don's daughter, she's here. Uh, my son is in the back, I have my, my daughter Hallie Grace, and she is sick, and I have her in the back running around with all of y'all's kids. <laughs> just kidding. She's, yeah, <laughs> she, we had to leave her back this morning, so... Uh, Anyway, uh, just an uh, introduction, if you don't know, just a quick, uh, uh, quick testimony, just if you don't know me. Uh, I am a trophy of God's grace, and I, that song, you know, is very touching, because de definitely anything God has done in my life, I did not deserve it. But uh, born in Memphis, didn't know my father, um, raised by a, man, uh, a stepfather who killed three people, a mother with m mental problems, grew up in Frazier, North Memphis area there, uh, stayed in trouble. Uh, Learned to steal at a very young age. First arrest was at six. First house I broke into, I was nine. My mom sent me in there to get some stuff for her. First building I broke into, uh, broke into, burglarized through the roof, was I was 14 there in Frazier. And, and it just kept getting, and then, of course, lots of drugs, alcohol, lots of, lots of problems. Uh, not only that, I, I had anger issues, temper problems, getting kicked out of school, starting fires. I had a lot of issues. And uh, went to jail every, uh, almost every year of my life from the age of 14 to 28. Just in my adult life, I was charged with 18 different felonies, uh, five states. At the age of 22, I was wanted in, in four states. And, of course, a um, uh, crazy thing about it is that I, some very uh, wonderful people took me to church on a bus ministry a couple years as a child. And at the age of 11, I believe that God touched me. I realized he was real. That seed of faith was planted in my heart, but I was still so very messed up in a bad environment. And so I knew, from that age, I knew God was real. But to me, it was just, I would cry out to him when I was in jail, and he, I'd get more mercy than I deserved. But I'd always go back to my old life. And I ended up in a place at 28 years old. 
already convicted of 13 felonies, picked up five new burglary charges. I was in DeSoto County Jail. I was charged in five new counties in Mississippi and Tennessee um, with my background and everything. Uh, I was going to be going to prison for at least 15 years. Life was over for me. I uh, had three daughters at that time that I didn't deserve. My wife divorced me. Uh, divorce papers were taken to the jail because they didn't think that I would be out in the next, 15, you know, maybe 15, 20, maybe. And so basically that, that's where I was. On the bottom of a jail cell floor, January 21st, 1997, I cried out on a very merciful God, the God I knew, the seed that was planted in my heart when I was a child, and I begged him to have mercy on me. And I begged him for another chance. And as please, God, would you give me one more chance? And I mean it this time, not like the other thousand times before. And I, and I guess he knew, you know, God can look through our hearts. And, uh, of course, he showed me mercy I didn't deserve, even when he knew I was going to go the other direction. But this, this time, God did a work in my heart. He answered me. He spoke to me on that jail cell floor. It was a voice I could hear in my heart. He said, David, I'm going to have mercy on you. I'm going to deliver you out of every one of these charges. And... Uh, and, I, and you know, so I knew I'd heard that voice as, as, a, as a child a couple of times in dark moments and, and, and as a child. So I knew that was God. And I basically started praising God right then. It's crazy, you know. But things started happening. Miracles started happening. Walked out a year later. God kept his promise to me. Uh, ain't, ain't never picked up another theft charge, burglary charge. Ain't never been back. Ain't planning on going back. And uh, God, God has, you know, changed my life and transformed my life. Now... The wonderful thing about it and how my connection with this, this church was while I was in the Soto County Jail for a while, uh, before I was taken to Tennessee, there was some, uh, some guys coming in jail ministry, and there was, a, there was a man named Anthony. And he went to, the, uh, there was a jail ministry out of his church. The old name of the church was Spirit of Life Church. And he came in there, I think it was every Monday nights. And so every Monday night I would go in there and he was just powerful. You could just, just something special about him. He, he had the, he needed the Holy Spirit on him, just really speaking into my life. So when God kept his promise and got me out, I said, well, where, where am I going to go to church? You know, and I just thought about that, that Anthony guy, that jail minister, those guys that came in there with him from that church called, you know, Spirit of Life. And, and so uh, when, when I was released, I kept, Kept that promise to God and went and visited that church and, uh, you know, stayed here. T uh, I was here 10 years and, and God, ra you know, raised me up and we actually birthed our ministry, the, the Warrior Center, out of this church. And, and God just did a, uh, a lot of great things, you know, while I was here in the season. So I just want to honor you guys honor this church. Um, Pastor Buddy Adams made a big difference in my life. Uh, all the uh, spiritual forefathers at that time, uh, Pastor Billy Metcalf, um, Pastor Paul. And, and in fact, when I came into that church right around 97, I was coming there around the same time as Guy and Angie. And, and uh, so God, God was moving. And one of the things I can, you know, and it was the Pastor Buddy said at that time, he said, this church, God had given him a word, this church was a springboard for ministry. And churches, you know, it ain't easy doing church, and churches have their ups and downs and struggles, and I know this one's had a lot of them. But, um, you know, I believe in that word. This, this church is a springboard for ministry, and God has used it to touch a lot of people's lives, including mine, and I'm just blessed. So I uh, just want to give this church a hand. This church is an awesome church. Okay. Um, and, and it, it made a big difference in, in my life and my, 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 my family's life, and I, I'm just very thankful. First verse I want to open up with is uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It's on the screen if you need it. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. And 
This one says, now, th now therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Powerful verse of scripture. If you, if you reverse a little bit, this is uh, Hebrews chapter 1. If you reverse a little bit into chapter 11, what you have there is the hall of fame of faith. And uh, the writer of Hebrews is talking in chapter 11, all these great people that have went before us, the, the Noahs, the Moses, even, even names of prostitute in there. You know, it's all these people, and they had some rough resumes and bad backgrounds and problems, but all these people who God used, who were, who were you know, heroes of the faith, so to speak. And so after talking about these giants of the faith, then the, uh, the writer goes right into, now, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Of course, this is a power. Who are the cloud of witnesses? Here's who he's saying. He's saying all these great heroes who've went before us. And not only that, you know, that's the Moses, the, you know, uh, the, the King David, Noah, all, all of the, these, the Joseph, uh, Abraham. Not only those, but also those people, our family members, our loved ones, who went on, who were died in Christ and went on before us. Amen. So everybody that passed on into eternity, you know, it says right now that we are surrounded by this cloud of witnesses. So I, so I, I believe that, so I, you know, I believe, of course, they're in a, we can't see them. They're in another realm, but I believe that they, they, can, they can see us. It says we are surrounded by this crowd of great heroes of the faith. Faith, excuse me. But also, I, I like to think that, you know, the loved ones that I have, the loved ones that you have that are always, maybe that praying grandmother, that praying father. I just lost my father a few months ago. I know he's in that great cloud of witnesses, you know, amen. And, and you, have, you have people that have went on before you, and they are now in that great cloud of witnesses. And it says, since we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, these people in our family, great people of faith who, you know, might, might have prayed you into the kingdom of God, it said, let us throw off everything that hinders you. What is that? Throw off everything that holds you back. And, and, and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Now, I am a believer no matter who you are, what your age is, what you've been through, what your resume looks like, that God has a purpose and plan for your life, all right? And God is not done with you yet. Why? Because you're still here, amen? And, and so this morning, I, you know, we're, so we're surrounded. I want to pull out of the saint stand, so to speak, one of these uh, heroes of the faith, and that's a guy by the name of Joseph, and I want to take a look at his life. Uh, this message this morning is for people who maybe you think your life has not went as it's been planned, right? Sometimes you make these plans and you think things are going to go a certain way and you kind of have this perfect picture, but it doesn't go that way. This message this morning is for people who may be tired, maybe going through the motions. This message is for people who are discouraged, checked out spiritually. This message is for people who may have given up on their dreams. They might not believe them anymore. This message is for people who may be going through a dark time. And if you say, well, I'm not any of those, well, you'll need this message one day. You say, David, that's not a very positive message. Won't you be more positive? Well, I will be more positive. I'm positive that you will need this message one day. Okay. You know, why? Because on this side of heaven, we know in this crazy world, we're going to go through things. I want to talk to you this morning about a, a cat named Joseph. This guy had a dream from God. He had a dream from God. He thought certain things were going to go a certain way. He had this picture in his mind. And all of a sudden, his life went in the total opposite direction for 23 years. And he had many opportunities where he, he, he could have given up. Joseph was a son of Jacob. 
If you, you know the father of the faith is Abraham, we have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, we pray to the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Well, Jacob was the grandson of Abraham. Jacob had sons. His 11th son was this guy named Joseph. Now, uh, Joseph was the baby, and y'all know how the babies kind of get a little preferential treatment, don't they? I mean, we say they don't, but they always do, don't they? We know our boy gets a little bit of pressure. Little. Why? Because he's the baby. She's the baby. You know, gets, so he got a little bit of preferential treatment, and his brothers, they had a little issue with that. So the Bible says that they were jealous. They were hating on him. They, they didn't like him. In fact, you know, if you, if you grew up in church, ever went to church, you may have drawn a little picture of a coat of many colors back there in, in Sunday school or whatever. But, of course, um, Jacob gave his son this coat. You know, and it was a coat of many colors, and it, it, it was like Louis Vuitton. I mean, back there in the day, it was awesome. Guess, I mean, it was just so sharp. And he puts it on, and it, and it is, his brothers are like, man, we don't like you. You know, why? Because daddy never got them a coat like that, you know. And so they, they were, you know, they were jealous and angry. And, and um, in, in Genesis 37, let's, let's pick up in Genesis 37, 5 through 7. It says, one night Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Next verse. And it says, listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain, and suddenly my bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. Now, they weren't so on fire about his dream. You know what I mean? They already don't like him. He's already getting all this preferential treatment. They already like this coat. He probably wears this coat when it's hot. He's just, you know, because it's awesome, you know. It's a man, and it's hot outside. What are you doing with that coat? So they don't like He's got a little arrogance and a little pride based on, you know, this vision and, and this hope that he has inside him because he, 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 he was he wasn't wise. I mean, that, that wasn't wisdom, what he was doing. Hey, hey, guys, you know, I had this dream, and basically, you know, my sheep just grew up bigger than y'all's, and it was bigger than all y'all's, and all y'all circled around me and bowed down to me. You know, isn't that awesome, fellas? They say, man, let's kill this dude. All right, Ch uh, uh, let's go to Genesis uh, 37, 9 through 20. It said, soon Joseph had another dream. And again, he told his brothers about it. He said, listen, I have another dream. The sun, moon, and 11 stars bow low before me. Next verse. He said, this time he told the dream to his father as well as his brothers. And his father scolded him. What kind of dream is this, he asked. And the point is, then you, you get on, you, you read, read on in, in this verse Finally, his brothers had had enough. They're like, man, this dreamer, we're tired of him. We're tired of his treatment. And they devise a plan to, that they want to kill him. So basically, from this moment, Joseph has this dream. And from this moment, he thinks he's headed in a certain direction. He thinks things are going to end a certain way. And all of a sudden, his whole life turns a total opposite direction. Let me just share you just the, the cliff notes of this story. You can read... The whole back half of Genesis is about this man's life. You can read it later. It's a powerful story. But this is, this is what happens. First, one of his brothers say, let's kill him. They say, yeah. They, they, they get him off away from the family. They decide they're going to kill him. They put him down in a pit. He can't get out. He's begging, pleading, bros, come on now. Don't do me like this. They say, no, we're going to kill you. One of the, the, the other younger brothers, I think it was Benjamin. Benjamin says, no, man, let's, let's don't kill him, guys. Maybe we can, sell, we can punish him. Instead of take his life, let's punish him and sell him off into slavery. 
They say, oh, no, I want to kill him. Come on now, let's just sell him off into slavery. So anyway, he wins, and he gets sold into slavery, all right? So they sell him off into slavery. These Egyptians come through, buying slaves, they, human traffickers. They sell him off, say, don't let this dude get anywhere near here, you know, um, they then take that coat, they kill an animal, they rub blood on the coat, they take it back to dad and say, your son, Joseph, is dead. So he's, he's, sold, into a, uh, uh, a, he, he's sold into slavery, he's taken away all the way to Egypt, so he's in a strange country far, far away. While he's there a little while, he does, doesn't give up, and he doesn't quit. Somebody say, don't quit. don't quit. Amen. So he doesn't give up. So he held on to that spirit that's inside him because we know he kept his excellent spirit and he still kept honoring God and doing what was right because the Bible says he was lifted up and he actually started running Potiphar's house and leading him. So all of a sudden he's like, "Woo, dang, this is awesome. Now I'm starting to do good. Next thing you know, Potiphar's wife starts having eyes for him. She said, he's He's a good-looking 20, 20 year old. You know, he started this process started about seventeen. So they say he's a good-looking twenty-year-old. So all when she sees him one day, she gets, she pulls him aside and and tries to entice him. There's children in here, so I'll leave it at that. All right. But anyway, he runs out. Okay, he runs out. She gets mad. She's then rejected. Like, Who is this punk kid? You know. All when she goes and tells them he tried to take me. So all of a sudden, they put this, now he's in prison. So uh, definitely a, another opportunity to give up. You know, I mean, think about it. I mean, think about it. I mean, you're trying to do the right thing. You haven't given up faith in God. You're hanging in there. You're fighting, you're fighting, you're fighting, even in the midst of, of, of a bad circumstance. And now we got to get even worse. And now he goes to prison. So he's put in prison. He's in prison for a few years. Um, while, while he's there, he still didn't give up. He still didn't give up. He kept his faith. God used him there. He was ministering to the people in jail. The Bible says he became a leader in the jail. So he's a captain. And basically all the guards, you know, gave him. He passed out everything. He's like down at 201 running the place. You know what I mean? All right. And if you know what that means, I know something about you. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. All right. So, you know, so all the ones he's in prison. Well, why he's there, this chief cup, this former chief cup bearer, he gets put in prison for something. And then all the ones he comes in there and 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 Joseph interprets a dream for him and help, helps him to get out. He says, thank you, Joseph, for helping. And, he, and then Joseph said, please don't forget me. Help get me out of here. And the cupbearer leaves, and Joseph has all these hopes. Man, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to get out of this place. You know, I helped this guy, and he's he's got ties to, to Pharaoh. But guess what? The cupbearer forgot him, forgot all about what he did for him. So all at once, Joseph, you know, months turn into months, and six months turns into a year, a year turns into another two years, and here's Joseph stuck in the jail. Very, a very easy opportunity to give up, give up his faith. So then all of a sudden, he's in prison two years later. Opportunity for him to, to comes. Uh, Pharaoh has a dream, and he doesn't know what it means. And, and then all at once, the cupbearer, who Joseph helped years before, hears about this and says, I know this dude named Joseph. I know. He, and he, he interpreted a dream for me. So, so all at once, Pharaoh brings him out, brings him before the king, and says, I hear you're an interpreter of dreams, right? I hear He says, well, I can't interpret your, your dream, but the living God can so he interprets his dream, and basically his dream interpreted as saying, hey, here's what's going on. There's a famine coming. We bet you better start storing up stuff because there's a famine coming. Of course, he interpreted this dream. Pharaoh knew it was real. They pulled him out of prison. He rose to second in command in all of Egypt. 
That means he, he, didn't, he didn't answer to anybody but the lead dog, Pharaoh himself. And he's not even an Egyptian. So here, you know, he's got this roller coaster. And all of a sudden, he's sitting him. Years pass by. He's about 39 years old. And you know he had all this stuff in his heart to dwell on. Now, you know he had to kind of struggle with his issues with his brother. You think he may have had a little bit of resentment for his brother? Maybe just a little. You think he wanted to kill him sometimes? No, nah, a little. Every now and then, you know. You know, you think he ever wanted to, to you ever had, had the temptation to become bitter while he's in prison with them rats? And I'm sure 201 Poplar was a, a lot better than anything they were dealing with back then. You know, he's dealing with all of this stuff. Of course, all at once, he's here one day, he, he's up there, and they're giving out food because the famine hit, just like he, he had prophesied. And when they're giving out food, and in the distance come some men, and they start walking up. And it's his brothers. See, because the famine had hit the land back where his brothers were from, they had no food. So their father, Jacob, sent them to Egypt to try to get some food to save the tribe. And so they're coming up. And, of course, he's older, and he may have, you know, been all doctored up in his robe and hat or whatever he's had on that time. They don't realize it's him. him. And so he's sitting there, and here comes these brothers. And, and he's at, at a point, this has been years. It, this started at 17, and now he's 39 or 40 years old. You're talking about 22 years, 22, 23 years later. And all of this stuff. The Bible says that when he saw him and he realized that it was with his brothers, he had to turn and gather himself because he began to weep. All that stuff that was pushed down in his heart, all that pain, all that rejection, all those struggles in that, that prison cell, all of that the trauma that he went through, all of that, at that moment, he's looking at his brothers, and they're coming up. And he's going through the process. Finally, he ends up telling them, y'all know who I am? Oh, Nelly. <laughs> you know, I'm Joseph. That little brother you put in the pit. Now I'm in the palace, though, dog. <laughs> and so they got all scared. They're like, oh, no. We probably ain't going to see daddy ever again, you know. And, and he, he, he was weeping and crying, and he said something. We'll give it to but he said something beautiful. He said, uh, it's okay. You meant it for evil. But God intended it for good. So he forgave his brothers, actually sent them with all kind of Big Macs and, and Zaxby's chicken. And I mean, just loaded them up, you know, loaded them up, sent them back, and even told them, tell dad, I'm okay. And I said, hi. And I got his back. Amen. So just, just you know, a wonderful story. But what, what can we learn from, you know, that story? There's four things I think that we can learn from this guy, you know. Number one is don't give up on your dreams even if you don't start off too well. Amen. You know, the Bible is full of people with bad resumes. Thank God, not, you know, thank God, you know, because then we can look in there and say, well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm no, I don't measure up. I'm not good enough. And I have the past and I have this baggage and I'm not, I don't, God can't use me. And, and, you know, and then you turn around and you look at people like Abraham, you know, and you look at people like Noah and you look at people like King David and you look at people like the apostle Paul who killed Christians and God pulled him up and blinded him and let him see the light. And you realize that, that past really doesn't matter. 
And, and, and so what God would say to encourage me, I'll give you, is don't let your past define you. Amen. Don't let your past define who you are. First John 1 John 1.9 says, put that verse on the screen, First uh, John 1 John 1.9. says, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unwickedness. You know, for, for us, when we turn from our sins and turn to him, basically all of our sins are forgiven. But sometimes we kind of carry those sins like a luggage. You know what I mean? You imagine if I have a bag up here, and in that bag, and I'm just carrying this bag, and then this bag has the things I did, the, the stuff I stole, the people I hurt, the times I wasn't the father I should have been, uh, the things I, things I did wrong that, 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 that I knew were wrong and I did them anyway, the years I ran from God, the, the, you know, all, all of the hard-headedness, you know, all the chances God gave me and I still didn't make good out of them. And I just carried that stuff in the bag and I just carried it. And then all at once I try to turn my life around. And I come to God and I ask him to forgive them. And then I find out the forgiveness is available. And he forgives me of them. But then I just keep carrying the bag. You know, I just keep carrying the bag. Because maybe, I, you know, I mean, I just got to keep carrying the bag because I don't deserve it. I don't deserve that kind of forgiveness. I know I'm forgiven by this. I got to keep carrying this. I can't just drop it off. I can't just let it go. It don't work like that. You know, it don't work like that. But you know what? You know, God, you know, wants us to leave our baggage down. Now, people don't, they want you to, like, you'll, you'll drop it off and somebody will try to run and make you pick it up and put it back in your hand, you know, but you don't listen to them, you know. I guarantee you, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't get where I was by listening to any of those people because I don't, you know, I'm going to listen to God and if, I'm, if he says I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven. He says I'm clean, I'm clean, and I'm not going to let my past have anything to do with my future. Amen. All right. And we got to, and, and. And, and we got to understand the blood of Jesus took care of that, all right? The blood of Jesus, every bad, every sin, every mistake, every failure, you know, the sins you knew about, the ones you don't even realize, the hidden sins of your heart, which sometimes are worse than the ones you think you know. All of that, when you ask God to forgive you and you're following him, it's under the blood of Jesus, it's gone. So, we, so don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up even if your life, is it didn't start off so well, or if you're not even in a good place right now, don't give up. Don't give number two. Don't give up even if those closest to you don't support you. Amen. Joseph's own brothers rejected him. Joseph's own father, his own father. I mean, this dude is a big dog. You know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. He's in one of the three. You know, Jacob did not understand his own son. You saw the beginning of the scripture. He admonished him. You little knucklehead, what are you saying with these dreams, you know? I mean, so even his own father didn't uh, understand it. He was rejected by his own family, rejected by his brothers. And, and, and would you say they believed in him? No. No, that means no. They didn't believe. You know, sometimes people are like, my family don't believe in me. They don't believe in me. Well, they don't know. I mean, God hasn't shown them everything, maybe. Amen. God has, he may have shown you things. You may have certain things that God has put in your heart. Well, you got to hold on to that and you got to keep the faith and keep marching forward and, and you don't let, you don't give up. You don't give up your dream, even if those closest to you don't support you. And a lot of times, sometimes when we start making that turn, we think everybody's just going to jump on our bandwagon because we just changed. Man, you got to, 
you got to prove yourself sometimes. Sometimes you've got some restitution to make. Sometimes you have, you know, so you have to, basically it's just, it doesn't matter what other people say, family, you just got to focus on what you believe God has for you. Number three is don't, you don't give up on your dreams even if your journey is full of surprises. Amen. Life is going to have its ups and downs. Remember I said I am positive at some time we're all going to need this message. Even if you are a sanctified saint and everything is going perfectly, perfectly for you, we're going to have our ups and downs, right? We're going to have our ups and downs. Well, in those downs, those places are hard. And in those downs, we have to keep the faith. That's why King David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. You know, so you know, it, so you we have to keep the faith. And sometimes what happens is we have these ups and downs, and you get in those valleys, and you just feel like, man, my life is so hard. Why is God doing this to me? Why doesn't anything ever work out for me? Why does it seem like one step forward, two steps back? Why is everything? You know, it's just God doesn't favor me. You know, and you you go through all, all of these things, but you you got to realize that this is part of life. The book of James says, when you're whining, this is Frazier version. Let me give you Frazier version. When you're whining and complaining and crying about what you go through, just understand that your brothers and sisters all over the world are going through a lot of the same type of things, you know. Why? Because we are visitors in enemy territory, you know. We're not of this world, you know. And so, you know, we know... We know that the Bible says Satan is a prince of the power of the air. Now, we have authority, and we're doing God's work, but it's, it's a lot like being behind enemy lines, you know? And when you're behind enemy lines and you're, 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 you have your battles, it, it's not always cookies and cream, amen? Now, we have days that we can have some cookies and cream, praise God, and church fellowships and good old times, but it ain't every day, amen? All right, so we have to keep the faith, you know? Uh, so we give up no matter, no matter what surprises come your way you know joseph was a loved son and he was taken to a pit then he was taken to slavery he had a lot of chances to give up then he went from running potiphar's house to prison then he went from helping a cupbearer to being stuck in prison and forgotten again and rejected again but then he went from the prison the second command in egypt and that vision that he had that thing that god put in his heart it did come to pass even with the roller coaster ride. Amen. Romans 8:28 says, and we know that God causes every, some things to work. To, oh, I'm sorry, I messed that up, didn't I? Okay, everything. Okay. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. And because who is they say, well, that's not me, that is you. If you're a child of God, everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a call. God is calling you. You may be the only person in your family that can, can be a light. There's somebody in your life that, that won't get find the light of Christ unless it's through you. You have a ministry, even if you're not you know, a, a pastor on the worship team, you know. So it says, we know all things, that God causes everything to work together. That means when you're going down in the pit and you're going in your ups and downs and problems with family and people not supporting you and these dreams and the vision that God has put in your heart, that when you're going through all that, you know, you may have some down times. You may have some bad uh, quarters, so to speak, in a football game, you know. But you don't give up, you know. You don't give up. And it's whether you're in the pit or the palace, you got to understand that God is with you. Amen. Number four, don't give up on your dreams, even if it takes 
a long, long time to realize them. Amen? Even if it takes a long time. This is hard. That, that God is more interested in, our, in developing our character than he is about our comfort. Now, I would rather God microwave me a dream and a vision and give it to me real quick, fast, easy, in a hurry, and let everything come out just you know, really nice. But that's not the way God works. That's not, that's not the way life works. It's, it's a process. So even though you go through life, you know, you know, he had this dream. He had this vision. He felt like God had called him to something. And I know his was a spiritual thing, but many of you have things that it, you might be, you may have a dream to, um, a, a dream for your family, a dream for your grandchildren. You may want to be called to be a teacher. You could be called to be a business owner. I mean, whatever God has given you to do, but no matter what you're called to do, no matter what God has put in your heart, you're going to go through things, and it's going to be a battle and a struggle. And the, here's what you've got to understand. That thing can be stolen from you if you don't have faith and you give up. It can. I have seen people, I've met people, and, and I knew that God, and met them, and knew that God had a special call and a special purpose for their life, but they did not obtain it. They're dead and gone now for this reason or another. And what, and, but they didn't obtain it. Why? Because they gave up. Joseph didn't give up. Amen. He held to his faith. He held to what he knew God told him to do. So don't give up. So, he, so it took Joseph 23 years about to see his dreams. He had all the ups and downs. Understand, he, he'd have an up, one step up, boom, boom, two steps down. You know, And he would go through these things and all the discouragement, but he kept pushing forward. 1 Peter 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. Which verse? It says, so be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. Well, we don't, I'm not asking you to put that on your pillow, on your bed, okay? It's not like, you know, one you want to see every day. Back that up again. <laughs> yeah, be truly glad there's wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. Look, Jesus said that himself. He said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But just understand I've overcome the world and the victory is in me. Amen. And, and so, next verse in 7. So, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire test and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious, precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Amen. And so, you know, we have to, so you got to understand, we're going we're gonna to go through things. Your dreams, your pur the purpose for your life, and everybody has a purpose. It's going to be tried by fire. You know, you're going to go through things. And a lot of things, here's something I know, like, and this is, don't let me offend any religious people. I'm not saying anything that I did was right, because it wasn't, okay, on, back there behind when the Lord touched my life. But I do believe that there was a purpose in it. I believe that everything I went through, the family I was birthed in, you know, the environment I grew up in, which is a little rough, everything I went through that God knew the whole time and that everything I went through was a part of, of his journey, the journey that he had for me. That even, even when I was on the devil's team doing wrong, that God was just letting me be trained, you know, so that when he would pull me out of that gutter 
and pull me over and forgive me and transform my life that a lot of those things, I, you know, my, certain tools would be short. So, so I believe even in the midst of the bondage, even though Joseph was in slavery, even though, you know, he, he had some problems were even created by his mouth, you know, so he wasn't just, you know, sinless, you know, so he, he, even in the midst of all that, God has his hand on your life. And, 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 and then, you know, that's what redemption is about. What is redemption? God bringing good out of the bad. So one thing I, you know, I want you to know is, I mean, no matter from lost family members to your mistakes to the things you know I, I was wrong at that point and I shouldn't have did it that way, no matter what it was, I, I believe seen that. And God wants to bring good out of our bad. He wants to bring good out of our mistakes, out of our failures, out of our sin. And, and, and so what we have to do is when we're going through is, you know, just focus on what's, and you're going through trials, focus on what's happening inside you, not what's happening to you. A lot of times we act like, you know, just, you know, man, the world's against us and everything's coming against me, you know, but you got to be focused on what God is doing in you. Sometimes I don't, you know, sometimes I'll be giving counseling and somebody's mad because somebody's doing this to them and they're mad and, you know, man, you're doing me wrong. This ain't right. And I'll say, so what do you think God's doing inside you? They're like, I don't want to hear that right now, you know. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's just true for all of us. Sometimes we get caught up in the moment, but God is all, when you're a child of God, you know, and, and you're, you're connected to him. He's always working, you know. Another thing important that we can learn from, from Joseph, and this is very important, that our response to offenses uh, can determine our future. That's one thing we can learn. I was digging into this last night, and, and I was like, whoo, that's some deep stuff there. You got to understand what Joseph went through. That's a bad thing, right? His own, imagine his own blood, Put him in a pit to kill him. His own blood sent him into slavery. Now, do you not? He's human. He, I mean, you know, he ain't a sanctified saint like all you guys. He's human. All right? He is human. So you can't not. I like to get in people's minds and try to, like, man, what would happen? You know? And I think about him being in that prison. Do you think that sometimes he had anger about his brothers, you know, when he's sitting in the pr prison and the rats are running across there? And, you know, this is wrong. You know, of course, he... And he's human. He had to process that. He had to deal with that. He had to let things go. He had to forgive. But I don't believe, I think one of the key things, you know, that Joseph's time would not have came. He wouldn't have got there if he wouldn't have forgave his brothers. I, don't, I mean, you know, there's probably times where he didn't. There's times where he battled and struggled. But he got there. He got there. Because we know he got there because when his brothers presented themselves and he could have killed them, you know, and he could have, he could have, or could have just let him starve to death. I ain't gonna kill you, but get out of here. You know, when 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 he was facing all that, he said, basically, you know, you, you intended it for evil. God intended it for good. I love you. Group hug. <laughs> you know, and uh, and you know that's that that's what what happened. You know, and so uh, we we have to you just understand. I, I like this one pastor said it this way. He says, you know, a lot of things try to attack when you're walking with God. Sometimes you you deal with your baggage. But then when you're walking with God, there's a lot of things trying to attach themselves to you in the area of offense and wounds. And, and so, the, the, you know, first you've got to get through your past. But then when you're on this side, we've got to master dealing with forgiveness. And, you know, and that's a hard thing for us, you know, when, when people don't act right and, and everything. But, but, but Joseph mastered it, and he forgave a horrible, horrible act. 
and he forgave and, and he showed him grace and he mercy. And I do not believe that he would not have gotten reached a vision and the purpose, full purpose of his life if he wouldn't have learned to travel light and shake some stuff off. Amen. Every dream has tough times, but God is always with you. Last verse, um, Psalm 139.8. We're about to end session one and come back in for two more hours in a minute. All right. All right. This is uh, King David. It's beautiful scripture. It says, if I go to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. Next verse. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. Let me read this in the King James. I love this. It says, if I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. I love that verse. I don't know if you ever had a family member say, you made your bed. You're going to lie in it now. They got that out of the Bible. <laughs> you know, because even King David, and King David did some stuff. King David made a couple bad beds for himself. You know, if you know about his story. And he said, he basically said, if I make my bed, meaning I think he's talking about his poor choices. He said, if I make my bed in the depths of hell, you are there. Amen. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand holds me up. Amen. So this is a very powerful, uh, very powerful story about Joseph and message to all of us. It's one that we all need from time to time. But I just want to encourage you all that. Don't, don't give up. Amen. Times will, uh, times will be hard. You're going to be tempted to. You're going to go be tried. Your faith will be tried. Lot, this world will try you. You'll go through things. But don't give up. Don't give up. You've, you've, you've come this far. Hold on. See this through. Finish. Remember we talked about running a race with perseverance, right? Finish your race. Finish strong. And, and don't give up. And I'd say this again. Don't give up on your dream. Amen? Uh, everybody, God puts something in your heart. It could be music. It, it could be carpentry. It could be running a business. It could be teaching. It could be being a deacon. It could be sound engineering. It could be worship. It could be pastoring. It could be going to Bible school. It could be uh, many things. It's like whatever God has for you. And nothing's any better than anything else. It's what God designed you for and create, created you for. God has something for you. Let me tell you something. There is nothing that can bring you more peace than if you find your place, the place that God has for you, and you walk in exactly what he created you for, and you meet it. There is nothing in this world better than that. But it's, it, it's challenging to get there, of course, but that's where you want to. You want to walk out God's will and purpose for your life. And, you, and, and he can get you there, but you got to hang on and be faithful. But what's hanging on and be, being faithful? Hanging on to the Lord and not giving up. Don't ever give up. Amen. No matter what you go through, don't give up on what God has for you. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's word. 
For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Hey!